It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Friday to you, and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. Uh, a, a muggy morning this morning as, as I came to the studios. And, and really, uh, you know, it's always that weird, it's always that weird, like, drizzle on the windows that you can't get off with the, the rolling them up and down that bothers me. It took me a minute to get get here because of that because you got to kind of roll them down look up and down the street when you turn so it took a little extra uh going this way but rain has been a thing uh for nascar and it didn't disappoint yesterday if something's going to show up every time they hit the track it seems to be uh mother nature yesterday no different uh, as the the race yesterday the reschedule of wednesday's race last night was rescheduled rescheduled again and postponed in the middle of the race, uh, but at 11:30 last night, the uh, wait was more than worth it for one Chase Elliott, as as he got the streak off his back, uh, made what he had had for the last couple of weeks uh, worth it in the end, and he ended up with a Cup victory uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Elliott won Thursday night's race in a rain delayed event at Charlotte Motor Speedway to close a packed 12 days in NASCAR. The event was postponed from Wednesday night and was the fourth cup race since the racing resumed May the 17th. Elliott had two frustrating losses in that span, including defeat Sunday at the Coke 600 and, of course, his uh, his run-in with Kyle Busch a week or so ago at Darlington. He said, man, it's been a tough week. He said, we've had uh, some tough losses, uh, but that deal on Sunday uh, was a real heartbreaker. Elliott's frustration began last week, three cup races ago, when he was trying to race for the lead in South Carolina's Darlington race and was wrecked by Kyle Busch. He then had the uh, checkered flag in his sights at the 600 and had a late caution that forced him to pit road that uh, caused him to finish third, ended up being a runner-up finish after a disqualification, uh, but finishing third on the track uh, behind uh, Denny Hamlin and Jimmy Johnson, or Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson. There was little suspense in this one. Elliott reeled in Kevin Harvick uh, with 27 laps remaining and closed out the victory. Elliott won the truck race on Tuesday night to give him a pair of wins in a four-race stretch at the track and a few minutes away from the headquarters of his team owner, Rick Hendrick. He said in the post-race, and, and, and I don't know if, if the sponsor of this race will appreciate it, he said it's not the Coke 600, but any win in the Cup Series is really hard to get. That's what Chase Elliott said. He said, I really just appreciate everybody at Hendrick Motorsports across the street and everybody that's been working really hard. You know, I uh, <laughs> I think those kind of comments come after something really good breaks because it's been really bad uh, for a few days. Uh, 
I, I can just sympathize with that. That you know, after you realize what you've been working for, I, I think sometimes you're like, "How mean have I been between then and now?" <laughs> and, and that that thought process might have been going through Chase's mind, like when he's at the garage, how he's been responding to people since Kyle Busch turned him uh, there there in the, in the early part of Darlington. You know, I, I, I think that, or in the late goings uh, of Darlington, I think those are moments that you realize when you finally, you've eclipsed a little something, you, you've gotten to a plateau at least in your journey. I think you kind of look at it and you go, man, I need to I need to appreciate who, who's gotten me here. And he did just that uh, right there the other night. I know, I know my man Jeff Weaver is really excited about Chase getting the victory. Uh, and, and again, Chase is... He's charged strong this week, uh, between his uh, victory in the cup se- or in the truck series that knocked off Kyle Busch and what had been a streak of truck series victories or great finishes uh, for a long, long time. Uh, I think the bounty that was laid by Kevin Harvick just speaks to to Kyle Busch's dominance in that series. For him to get a victory, kind of in Kyle's yard, and then also. Uh, get this victory even though it's a rain race and 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 a lot of times those are looked at differently I think in that win column in that push to a championship in all of those facets it's a it's a W it's it's a way to to move forward it's a way to get in there and it's a way to do what you need to do Uh, it said Elliot was charging hard on Harvick with about 35 to go when he was asked uh, if when he asked Alan Gustafson if he had enough fuel, and the response was priceless. He said, yep, go hard. And and the thing is, is I don't care if it's, you, you know, whatever you're playing. If it's basketball and you want to know how many fouls you got, if it's if it's racing, you want to know how, fuel, how much fuel you got, how good your tires are. You, you know, in any sport, you want the opportunity to just wide open go. Like in football, you know, how, how – how wild can we get with the play calling? Just get after it. Just go with it. That's what you want to hear. So the green light was given uh, last night. Elliot did just that. He charged hard and went and went after Kevin Harvick. But he passed Kevin Harvick with not a lot of laps left, but just a few few to go. And Elliot's mind started wandering uh, back to the last couple scenarios where I'm right there. There's time remaining. And something happens. He said, I was just waiting for the caution to come out. He said, if the caution didn't come out, I was thinking I was going to break something or I was going to crash. He said, I didn't think after the last couple of weeks that we were going to go green till the end. He said, that's just not been uh, the path we've been given. He said, hopefully we're back on the right track, back on the right path. He said, uh, uh, it's been a long time coming. And I, I think, you know, if you think about it, everybody's like, well, it's just like four races back. Well, it is, but they they started racing in February. This is this is a circle that you know if you didn't go into the to the virus shutdown at at a good place in your career or feeling good about what you were doing as a team or or what have you, then you had to sit on that uh, for those those couple months. And, and you know it, it's just it was one of those nights where I think Chase Elliott did what he needed to do to to get the monkey off his back. He, he showed that he's got a lot of power. And, and again, Hendrick needs to be good at Charlotte. I mean, that's that's been some bread and butter, some home track cooking uh, for a long time. And, and Hendrick needs to be good at Charlotte. And, and, and honestly, 
I think they would think they wouldn't say this out loud, but William Byron being in that caution late, uh, that was a conversation at a uh, at a Hendrick meeting uh, that was probably not too pleasant for anybody. Uh, you got to you you can't put your teammate in, in those pers- in those situations. But nonetheless, Chase Elliott victorious at Charlotte, and uh, and and again looking to charge into what is going to now be coined as the second half of the season, even though there was just a few short races in. But the post-Rona has a Chase Elliott victory attached to it. But Denny Hamlin finished second in the race in a Toyota uh, with three crew members sitting at the house. Suspension for an infraction on Sunday night. Uh, His crew chief, car chief, and engineer uh, earned. I love that. That's the, the, the in the article. It says earned. Automatic four-race suspensions when a piece of tungsten fell off Hamlin's car during a pace lap. Because NASCAR is holding all of its events as one-day shows without qualifying or practice, Hamlin said his Joe Gibbs race team was able to push through the upheaval. He said the one-day format kind of makes it easier for us. Uh, Hamlin said said if we had qualifying, it would definitely have hurt. But under these circumstances, it doesn't hurt that bad because, again, they can prepare the car from home and it's kind of just drop off and hope it don't break. Uh, they're still crew members. They're still tire guys. They're still and, – and they more than likely have some knowledge to fix some things. Uh, but, but yeah, I would say this format helps Denny Hamlin. And, and I wouldn't say that too many times, Denny, just because they – they hear that <laughs> NASCAR, they be in NASCAR, uh, and they may say, yeah, you're right. Since it's not a full weekend, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go back to what we were, what we had going and, uh, and it'll be more like eight or nine races. We'll see, but we'll see how that feels, how easy that is. But anyway, NASCAR doesn't seem to be so vindictive like other sports. Ryan Blaney finished third in his Ford, uh, for team Penske, followed by Ricky Stenhouse jr. For JTG Doherty Racing, honestly, that's the highest he's finished in a long time and, and probably a big win for that team to finish fourth. Uh, a tremendous boost after a bad resumption of the season. Stenhouse wrecked on the first lap of the first race and finished last, then 25th and 24th, respectively. Uh, Blaney, who's one of uh, Elliott's closest friends, has been hosting NASCAR's most popular driver as a sport as the sport has raced four times in five nights at Charlotte. He said Elliott was able to refocus on the Truck Series race after losing the 600. Then after beating Bush to earn a $100,000 bounty, Elliott shifted his attention to the Cup race. He said, we talked about the race and that it just it was just bad luck. This is Ryan Blaney talking about Chase Elliott's 600 experience. He said, we talked about the race and that it was just bad luck. He had a lot of, of bad luck. Uh, Blaney said, with the 600, that stunk for him. He said, we talked about it that night, but he was ready for the truck race. We did talk, and there were a couple hours of it, but he moved on and showed he could win two in a row. Hamlin thought all of the focus of Elliott's losses was overblown. Denny Hamlin says, sometimes cautions are not going to fall your way. He said, I think everyone feels bad because it it is Chase, and everyone loves him. (laughs) Asked if he felt sorry for Elliott because of his bad fortune, Hamlin answered with a definitive no. Uh, Elliott 
Elliott's victory was the first for a Chevrolet driver in NASCAR's return to cup racing. Harvick won the first race by a Ford. Hamlin won the second in a Toyota. And Keselowski won the 600 in a Ford. But Elliott and his Hendrick teammates have been very strong since the return. Uh, the, the return after the 10-week shutdown. Uh, Elliott, Alex Bowman, William Byron, and Jimmy Johnson have all led laps. A huge boost for a team that has been rebuilding for much of the past three seasons. Uh, the rescheduled Thursday event was disrupted by lightning and rain for nearly 75 minutes after 30 laps had been completed. NASCAR, NASCAR's next stop will be Bristol uh, this weekend on Sunday for a fifth cup race in 15 days as the series attempts to reschedule eight events in a frantic stretch of uh, racing through what they're calling the Southern States. It's a, it's a Southern sport. So uh, NASCAR is back, and, and, and to say that you're four races back and you've got, you've got some parity, you've got some turmoil with Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott, and then you've got some victories uh, by Chase Elliott in two different series. I think it's good for the sport. I think when you look at what they do, what na- how NASCAR has continued to evolve, I think they've done some really good things with Chase Elliott and building him up. Uh, but but you know, you look at it, you've got some young drivers that are pushing. Ryan Blaney, uh, Ricky Stenhouse is one that that he's a he's a. I don't even know if he's Toby Keith good. I think he's not as good as he once was because he never once was good. Uh, I think he's a, he's a luck guy. He's he's a guy that can keep the keep the quarter panel straight and uh, and pull it into the garage when he needs to. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I think you're seeing a young stable of drivers just continue to push the envelope. Um, key points being uh, the young guys of Alex Bowman, uh, William Byron, and Chase Elliott. A tri- a, tree- a three headed monster at Hendrick Motorsports uh, that that'll be there for for a very long time so I think it's great for Chase Elliott uh, the sirens in Dawsonville was going off twice in one week and I think that uh, it, it's a good place to be when you can lock yourself in uh, to that championship run it gives you a little bit of confidence gives you a little bit of a uh, a little bit of feel good moving forward because you can push a little bit more you can you can hammer a little bit more and you can work a little bit harder um, to to get more wins, to understand tracks better, take some chances, uh, and not have to worry about, hey, I'm, I'm on the cusp of, of being out of this thing from a point standpoint. I can't really push. I can't really do this. Uh, no, no. He can push as much as he wants to now and, and honestly uh, dig in and get after it. But uh, – you know, that's all part of the game, and that's that's where it sits in NASCAR as they head to Bristol. Bristol's going to be weird. Uh, Bristol with no fans. Uh, I know when I go to Bristol, you can roll the windows down a couple miles ahead, and you swear you can hear the track. You can hear fans buzzing. You can hear cars. You may still can hear the cars, but this weekend you won't see the fans. You won't see the, the pits of, uh, uh, of all the fan gear, all the giveaways, all the, all the merchandise. Uh, you'll just see a racetrack with some cars in it. A little, little throwback, a little ode to the past a little bit, but at the same rate, a safety precaution from NASCAR uh, for for the foreseeable future. But uh, as we get to our first break of the day, we need to get one. Uh, when we come back, it's 99 days until it's football time in Tennessee, and, and I'm going on it because nobody's told me otherwise. 99 days until the scheduled 
first game against those Charlotte 49ers, and uh, and we'll count it down as we do each year uh, right here on the grind. Next, coming up, we're going to talk about Vols that wore 99. We're going to talk about the year 1999, and we're going to talk about greats that wore 99 regardless of sport, regardless of town. We'll talk about it all on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Getting America on its feet again will require work. Tough work. Rule King believes that work done right starts with workwear done better, like Ariat. Ariat is like you. Tough, determined, and tested. Ariat's groundbreaker wide square toe boot is just $119.99, and the work hog Patriot work boot is just $189.99. Try out the complete selection of Ariat workwear and boots at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. 
Jump in your hot rod right on down to Hot Rods 50's Diner, 373 Ham Street in Alcoa. Open 11 to 9, seven days a week. Burgers, dogs, sandwiches, and shakes, 984-7171 or online at hotrods50diner.com. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. And the Friday edition has come to 99 days until it's football time in Tennessee. Uh, 99 days. It doesn't seem like it's been that long since we did this countdown a year ago. Um, but as it, as it were, it has been. And uh, a lot of people are like, well, what if we don't have football? What if it's rescheduled? Well, good. I'll put a pause in the countdown. But I think in order of karma to make me feel like we're back on track, uh, we're going to keep with our countdown. 99 days right now until the matchup September the 5th uh, against the Charlotte 49ers, and uh, and that's where we're going to start today. So we're going to look at some balls that wore number 99. We're going to take a break, listen to the year 1999, and then we'll talk a little bit about greats in all sports that wore nineteen or wore number ninety nine. Uh, you look at the number ninety nine for Tennessee. There's been a couple people that have worn it over the years. Ben Martin, uh, 08 to eleven. The Vols have worn uh, the number for each of a, of the last four seasons. Ben Martin had a had a career of ups and downs due to injury uh, during his time of wearing that number ninety nine. He played in forty four games. Uh, making 81 tackles. He said, I started wearing 99 in high school uh, when he was in Cincinnati. He said, I just like the guys that wore it. Warren Sapp, when he played for Tampa Bay. Uh, Jason Taylor, uh, guys like that wore 99. He said, some people say a number is just a number. But he said, it became part of my identity. 99 is me, Ben Martin. Uh, It represented a large part of what I was at Tennessee. Uh, Casey Rogers, people remember him as a coach now, but he played defensive lineman 88 to 91 for the Vols. Uh, he said, I wore 99 because I wanted to be the last one on the roster, but the number one in the heart of the Vol fans. He said, number 99 was special to me because it became my lucky charm and it led to a lot of wins on and off the field. My favorite thing about wearing number 99 are the great Vol memories 
I had in the with the number on my back. He said, the great teammates I played with and the great victories we shared uh, will treasure for a lifetime. All-time 99s for, for Tennessee. 1968 was the first time 99 was on a jersey. Uh, Ron Ramsey uh, wore it. Bob Kennison, 1970. Uh, Jim Woofter, uh, 1974. David Aaron, 1975. Kenny Jones, 79, 80 through 82. Uh, Alan King in 84. Anthony Howard in 86. Dwayne Williamson in 87. Casey Rogers put it on for four years, 88 through 91. Paul Yetkowski, uh, 92 and 3. Mercedes Hamilton, 95. Eric Brown, 97. D'Angelo Lloyd in uh, 99 through or 98 through 2000. Abreo Franklin, 02. DeMonte Bolden, 2005, J.T. Mapu, 03 through 07, David Harrington, uh, 2010, and Ben Martin, uh, 08 through 11. Most recent uh, ones to wear 99 is uh, you saw uh, Khalil McKenzie. I don't know why his name was escaping me. You saw Khalil McKenzie uh, wearing the number 99, and I think uh, one of these young guys coming in uh, this season will also uh, wear number 99. I like 99. And, and for a lot of re- same reasons why Ben Martin says he did is because when you think of 99, you think about big boy, smash mouth players, Jason Taylor, Warren Sapp, and the likes thereof. But, y- you know, I-, I think Tennessee hasn't necessarily put there- – there's a few numbers in Tennessee history that, that, that just carry a ton of weight. 99 doesn't really set in that in that that – that avenue, that that arena, uh, but it is it is a fun number uh, to talk about just because uh, you you look at it and it's just uh, you know it's it's something else because uh, you, you're excited about uh, what that looks like, uh, but at the same rate you're you're uh, <laughs> you're you're interested in in more than just that number. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but you look at it, probably a lot of people remember those two that I'm talking about, uh, the the uh, Jason Taylors of the world, uh, the the Warren Saps of the world. Wayne Gretzky's a big number 99. Uh, and and really, uh, there's some other ones that, that I, when I was looking at it, uh, I have, have I never really seen um, some of these guys. Uh, it, I thought it was good because I found one regardless uh, of sport. And number ninety nine uh, was just that, but but I think I think when you look at Vols with ninety nine, I, I think that's an opportunity uh, for somebody to come in. Not that there's not been great players. I mean, a lot of those guys went to the league uh, and, and 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 had really nice careers, um, but just didn't have uh, you know didn't didn't sit that at Tennessee to, to separate themselves uh, and, and do do some big things. With number ninety nine, if you remember a number ninety nine, uh, give us a call eight six five nine eight three four three one zero. It's always fun to talk those kind of things because again, we're just talking about um, you know who we see uh, as 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 really uh, the best that has worn that or what have you. Um, this is this is a list that that came out earlier as far as the best 99s not named Wayne Gretzky because again they put Wayne Gretzky is probably the best number 99 of all time. Uh, I'm not sure that that I uh, 
and, and some of these names I won't won't recognize. Number fifteen, I don't know him. Wilf Payment, uh, Ontario's own, the last of sixteen kids, second overall pick in the '74 amateur draft into the NHL. Uh, he he, when Gretzky entered the league in '79. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres' Rick Dudley switched his jersey to join the 99 parade, uh, making them the last three uh, to wear it. Number 14, uh, Dodgers' own, L.A. Dodgers' own, Hyun Jin Ryu, uh, a six-year, $36 million man uh, of the Los Angeles Dodgers for his pitching services. Uh, he, uh, he really, he's a longevity guy. He's played 14 seasons. Uh, the Korean native uh, made 25 starts in six of his seven seasons uh, in the in the uh, Hanwha Eagles, uh, which was his international team, and then has now made his way uh, for um, the Dodgers. He said Ryu's worn 99 since his Korean playing days and says he does so for good luck. Perhaps it's time uh, to to see if that that is is true. Jay Crowder's another number 99 that that has worn it. Uh, pretty well he said it's just something different he said mar you know he said i look at myself sometimes and wonder where are you really from because i'm not like the rest of these guys in the nba is what he's talking about Uh, he said i'm a boss man which is just a slogan i've attached on me it just stands for for all self-success i do stuff like a boss in general who um cool Uh, jay crowder needs to maybe needs to boss a haircut uh, but nonetheless, it uh, does so just like that. Hugh Green, another number 99, played in the NFL, but he made this list because he was plain and simple, one of the greatest defensive players in college football history. An undersized defensive end, 6'2", 220-pound, uh, exploded onto the scene in his very first game as a freshman at the University of Pittsburgh. Had 11 tackles, two sacks, and a block punt against the eventual national champion, Notre Dame. His senior season is 1980. He was second in the Heisman race to South Carolina's George Rogers, uh, tying him for the highest finish by a 100% defensive player in the history of the award. He played 11 professional seasons, splitting his time nearly equally with the Buccaneers and later the Miami Dolphins. Moved to linebacker because of his size, and he was a two-time All-Pro, uh, but but was uh, – was never able to dominate like he did in the NCAA uh, because of some injury and, again, that size disparity. Uh, next, number 11 on this list, Mitch Wild Thing Williams, a pitcher for the Phillies, uh, wore 99 uh, in his career in the major leagues. His best two years happened to come as the closer of the 89 Chicago Club- Cubs who made the NLCS and the 1993 Philadelphia Phillies who made the World Series. Uh, so it, it's it's a it's a another number ninety nine. Here's one that most people around here will remember: Cortez Kennedy, one of three ninety nines to be in the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, soon to be four here in just a second. If the next guy I talk about on this list, Cortez Kennedy has fifty eight sacks over eleven seasons. That includes five All Pro selections, eight Pro Bowls, and a selection to the NFL's All Decade Team of the nineties. Uh, the third player selected overall to the Seattle Seahawks, the extremely durable 6'3", 298-pounder defensive tackle uh, come out of Alabama and wore number 99. Kennedy only wore the number one year. 
his main number known as 96, the one retired by the Seahawks. Uh, he, wore, he wore 96 in honor of his former uh, teammate, uh, Jerome Brown, who made may have had the list himself if it wasn't for his uh, tragic, fatal car accident in 1992. Uh, Brown had just come off consecutive Pro Bowls, uh, but Cortez dedicated the season to him and ended up having his highest accolade, earning NFL Defensive Player of the Year in number 99, despite his finish uh, for the team of a 2-14 and record. Uh, number nine on this list, Charlie King Kong Keller, uh, a baseball player for the New for the New York Yankees. Uh, he sat right behind and hit behind uh, former guy you may know from the Yankees, Joe DiMaggio. Uh, Keller earned his nickname because of his tightly packed physique, five ten frame, and his bushy eyebrows, which he picked up while he was at the University of Maryland. Hall of Fame teammate Lefty Gomez commented, "Keller wasn't scouted; he was trapped." Thanks to all the opportunities given to him when DiMaggio was on base, the talented hitter in his own right ended, right ended up becoming a five-time All-Star and, of course, a three-time World Series champ. In fact, as a rookie in 39 and at the age of only 23, Keller hit three home runs in just two games in Cincinnati, helping the Yanks to a World Series sweep. He played for the Yankees from 39 to 49, and after two years with the Tigers, returned for a final plate appearance in 52 before retiring. He wore the number 99. A little message from, from Jay Ward. He said, Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn from the movie Major League also wore 99. Absolutely. Uh, Wild Thing with the glasses or without. Uh, dangerous. Dangerous. That's, that's a good one. Uh, Jay Ward, give us a call. Let me know if you ever had the Wild Thing haircut growing up i got a feeling i got a feeling you might have tried it but you, you can let me know either way either way next is uh, number eight on this list jason taylor uh, jason taylor played 15 seasons in the nfl 13 with the dolphins and briefly had some stints with the new york jets and washington redskins before retiring after the 2011 season uh, he's considered a shoe-in uh, to be that fourth player uh, in the hall of fame uh, for the number 99. Uh, again, getting in there uh, just a few short years ago did did happen. Uh, the defensive end is sixth career all-time with 139.5 sacks and was selected to six Pro Bowls and was a three-time All-Pro selection. Uh, he won Defensive Player of the Year in 06, a former Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. Uh, Taylor was beloved by his teammates and was carried off the field on his final game. The Dolphins have only retired three numbers in team history, but there, there are calls that that number 99 should be number four on that list. Indeed, while it's still available, no player on the team has wore it since. I think that speaks to some reverence there. Uh, number 99, uh, they, they, they went NASCAR and put a tie on it. Carl Edwards and Jeff Burton, two guys that rode in 99 in the NASCAR uh, seen a, a number that's a little unusual in that sport. The 99 car in NASCAR is technically not worn, but we'll make an exception uh, for this list. But uh, uh, the stats are a little too close to call as Edwards had 384 starts and 25 wins, 113 top fives, 197 top tens, and 5,651 laps led. Burton Nearly double the start, 668 starts, 21 wins, 
133 top fives, 250 top tens, and 6,530 laps led. Burton retired after the 2013 season, but Edwards uh, climbed thereafter. In NASCAR, the numbers are assigned to the team rather than the player. Uh, In 2004, Burton was in the midst of a mid-career struggle while working for Jack Roush and announced he was switching to Richard Childress, uh, allowing Carl, Carl Edwards to get the 99 and run with it until his exit there uh, a few years ago in favor of Daniel Suarez. But uh, uh, looks like Jeff Burton and Carl Edwards make the list of top 15 number 99s, not named Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Jeff, Jeff McIntyre says, give me Jeff Burton. I, I think uh, I, I'm a Jeff fan, but I like Wood a lot better. Uh, Ward Button's a lot funnier to talk, talk to or to, or to listen to. I, I've never talked to him, but I think I think his part of Virginia is is a lot funnier uh, to hear about. Um, but I digress. Why not? Number six on this list is Dan Danimal Hampton uh, from the Chicago Bears. While Jason Taylor and Cortez Kennedy may be more prolific, the Danimal, a Hall of Famer, ranks higher on this list for one reason. Uh, he was anchored on one of the arguable greatest defenses in history. Hampton was on the was the Chicago Bears' number one overall pick in 1979. Uh, he was their first overall pick, but it was the fourth pick overall in the draft. He went on to play his entire career in Chicago, 12 seasons in total that had six All-Pro selections, four Pro Bowl selections, and a Super Bowl victory in 1985, a season in which typical Hampton fashion he rotated between right defensive tackle and left defensive end. He earned the nickname Danimal for his ferocious style of play and had 10 knee injuries during his career but kept coming back. No matter where he played or what condition he was in, the results were the same. Uh, just devastating. Uh, number five on the all-time 99 list, George Mikan. Uh, played for the Lakers. Long before Gretzky became great in number 99, George Mikan grabbed the greatest 99 in NBA history and refused to let it go. He is aided by the fact that the NCAA and uh, National Federation of High School Associations do not allow any jersey number that includes the digits 6, 7, 8, or 9 to allow referees to use their fingers to tell the scoring table uh, who they are blowing the whistle on. As a result, the NBA features very few players today with those numbers on their jerseys. Again, Jay Crowder is the only current player uh, at that level uh, when this list was made. But as athletes tend to stick to the same number, uh, this doesn't necessarily uh, become a problem, especially today's athletes. They've been dealing with this rule uh, for their entire career. Said the NCAA is is still unclear on how old the rule is, but we can probably assume uh, that George Mikan uh, will will be the guy who's remembered at number 99 for some time to come. He was the first big man in basketball, 6'10", Mike, and dominated at center, winning the league's scoring title in each of his first three seasons with the Minneapolis Lakers in the late 40s and early 50s. In all, Mike and played nine years, first two with the National Basketball League and his third with the Basketball Association of America before they merged to the NBA in 1949. He played in the league's first four All-Star games and was the first Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame class of 1959. So I'd say that puts you at the top 
of the number 99s. But next, J.J. Watt, a current guy that a lot of people is going to know. I like J.J. They said it would be kind of no surprise uh, if, if this list were topped off by J.J. Watt, but he sits at number four. Uh, and and there, there are, in fact, 76 reasons why we think this cat's on uh, his way to being a great number 99. 76 sacks is where he's sitting right now. Yes, Watt enjoyed five remarkable seasons. Uh, he has enjoyed five knockdown seasons when he debuted in Houston in 2011, but he has played continuously through injury uh, until this very season, and hopefully this season will happen uh, for J.J. as well. Uh, he, he's had back surgeries, has had knee surgeries, he's had a lot of different things as he is, has been uh, progressing through his very uh, his very illustrious career. Watt has led the league in sacks twice and was on pace uh, to make a really big step in the uh, uh, in the leaderboard of all-time sacks as he reached 76 faster than any other player besides the one, the only, uh, Reggie White. Unfortunately, there is a question uh, if he will uh, if he will be able to sustain much more career as he has been a three-time defensive player of the year. Uh, he has a lot of issues with his back, a lot of issues that, that kind of sideline him from time to time. But J.J. Watt is a significant number 99 on this list. Manny Ramirez, uh, another uh, number 99. I think anytime you have a slogan that's Manny being Manny, uh, that means you're, you're kind of your own thing. You've kind of it's a it's like Rodman. Oh, he's just Rodman. He's just being Rodman. Like I feel like Manny being Manning's like a, a cleaner, maybe less Vegas version of that. It says Manny being Manning seems like the perfect catchphrase uh, for one of the greater players in a short amount of time in baseball to wear the number ninety nine. The number speaks for themselves. Five hundred and fifty five homers, eighteen hundred and thirty one RBIs, and a three twelve career batting average. 12 all-star appearances, nine top 10 MVP, a two-time world champion with the Boston Red Sox, including winning the World Series MVP in 04 that ended the great and powerful curse of the Bambino. He may have played longer, too, uh, if he hadn't abruptly retired in 11 rather than facing his second steroid-related suspension. Uh, Again, Ramirez wore the 24 for the bulk of his 19-year playing career before he was traded to the Dodgers in 08. The number has also been retired in honor of former manager Walter Ashton. In true Manny fashion, he did not ever wanting number 99, saying, I don't know why they gave me 99. I wanted 34. The Dodgers said the decision was made through agent Scott Boris and his staff, and reportedly at first it was going to be 66, but now the domain uh, of another uh, eccentric uh, Dodger, Yasiel Puig. So, Number 99, Manny, if you didn't take it, you wouldn't be talked about right now. So Manny being Manny at number 99 uh, hits three on this list. Number two is Ronaldo. I'll be honest. I learned about Ronaldo reading this article. I knew he was in trouble with different things, and I knew he was a soccer player. Uh, but r- soccer star Ronaldo Luis Nazario de Lima that's his full name, and I don't think he ever on standardized tests got it to fit in all those boxes. Uh, not to be confused with Cristiano Ronaldo, wore the jersey 99 only briefly when he joined AC Milan in 07. Uh, after being criti- criticized for being overweight by Real Madrid, uh, Ronaldo angled for a transfer that received him to AC Milan. Perhaps the fresh start prompted the desire for a new number 
In 08, uh, he, he had a major knee injury uh, that put him out of the sport in 2011. But he wore 99 long enough to be big time on this list. And the number one on this list is Warren Sapp, wore number 99 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he filled up a stat sheet, four-time All-Pro selection, seven Pro Bowls, 1999 Defensive Player of the Year, named the defense, the NFL's All-Decade Team of the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, he was also a leader, playing 13 seasons for the Bucks, and then later the Oakland Raiders, anchored a, the former vaunted defense on the way to winning the only Super Bowl in franchise history for the Bucks, and he was person. He had personality known as a trash talker, particularly to his rivals across the line, Brett Favre, who sometimes couldn't help but respond with a smile. He retired by simply writing the words, I'm done, on his website. Recently, uh, got a little, little, you know, he got bit by a shark and laughed his way through an interview with Rich Eisen explaining it. Uh, He's close to a legend, as you're going to get without being called the great one. He said that's uh, that's why he's he's not on this list. That's why Wayne Gretzky's not listed here is because he's the the underwritten, the all-knowing number one, as they would call it. But uh, you know, you look at it, and I think I think when you talk about Warren Sapp, you talk about a nasty player who came out of Miami and really really brought it to the NFL for a long long time. He was a big guy. Didn't look like he was he was as physical or as as fit. I would say as he ended up being. But I tell you, he was a guy that was fun to watch and a guy that, that uh, you know, he, he kind of anchored one side of the football. And when you when you have that, you have a lot of opportunity uh, for your team to be very good. He, he had some really good coaching early in his career with Tony Dungy and, and the successes uh, that they brought there. And, and then, of course, uh, as he leaves and, uh, and, 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 and why is his name escaping me? Gruden, John Gruden. I was like the white whale, the guy who Tennessee fans can't get enough of. John Gruden uh, was also his coach there while he was in Tampa. So, uh, again, uh, this is a a biased list, an opinionated list, and honestly a list I did not create. So uh, I liked it because it went down a lot of different sports, talked about a lot of 99s, and quite frankly taught me a few things about guys who wore said number. But, hey, let's take our last break of the day, listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, the year – 1999. I looked it up last night and several things started or ended in 1999. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about what the year was like and we'll talk about Tennessee being victorious on the first four days of the year. We'll talk about that on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM and streaming at WKVL.com. Come on back. You don't want to miss it. 99 days till it's football time in Tennessee.
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Celebrate being outdoors this year with your grilling headquarters at Rule King. At this week's Rudy Special, we'll add extra flavor to your grilling. A 20-pound bag of Griller's Gold Pellets is normally $11.99, but for a limited time, they're now two for $12. Choose from hickory, fruit wood, or competition flavors. Bring the best out of your grill foods this summer with two bags for 12 bucks while supplies last at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. 
Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. Friday has coincided with 99 days until it's football time in Tennessee. And as we as we grind it out here at the end of this week, we got about seven minutes to go over things that happened in the year 1999. January 31st, uh, 1999, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, the adult animated comedy CV series Family Guy debu- debuted on Fox right after Super Bowl 33. Uh, so it's been a minute since Family Guy and Stewie. Stewie's been a baby for a long, long time. February 12th, the impeachment of Bill Clinton, and then later acquitted by the Senate. All this happened in 1999. Mandalay Bay Hotel and Casino opened on the Las Vegas Strip. Talk about how many great events have happened in that very arena. Uh, That speaks to, to that place, but it opened in 1999. Bill Gates, on April the 8th, it was reported, 1999, that Bill Gates' personal fortune exceeded $100 billion in 1999. Uh, I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be worth, I'd, I'd be happy to be worth uh, like 1% of that right now, 20 years later. Actually, 21 years later. Um, I'm trying to trying to roll through these. There's some other interesting. The animated children's TV series SpongeBob SquarePants uh, debuted on the cable network Nickelodeon. Uh, May 1st, 1999 is the first time we knew who lived in the pineapple under the sea. Microsoft on May the 5th released Windows 98 Second Edition uh, in 1999. Uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace was released into theaters. Uh, it became, at the time, Star Wars' highest-grossing uh, film. Uh, Space Shuttle Dis- Discovery uh, completes the first docking uh, to the in- International Space Station. I think that speaks to a lot, considering since that time, we have shut down and uh, restarted uh, the, the space program. 
Uh, Sean Elliott of the San Antonio Spurs in 1998 hit the miracle, Memorial Day miracle shot against the Portland Trailblazers in the 1999 NBA playoffs. Uh, roll on down here. There's there's a couple other ones I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, U.S. soccer player Brandy Chastain scores the game-winning penalty kick against China in the FIFA Women's World Cup. So the U.S. claimed a World Cup in 1999. The first version of MSN Messenger is released by Microsoft. How far has have we come from a uh, from a from I guess uh, technology standpoint? Where where have we come from? Uh, the last checker cab is retired in New York City in 1999 and auctioned off for approximately $135,000. Uh, 1999 is when Viacom and CBS became one unit. They merged and, and did their, their, their thing. In September, the Detroit Tigers hosted the Kansas City Royals in what was the final game in Tiger Stadium in 1999. Um, in October 27th, and, and this is mixed emotions for me, the New York Yankees sweep the Atlanta Braves to win their 25th World Series championship. Uh, Toy Story 2 released in theaters in 1999. Uh, and then in December, uh, the last month there, um, NASA launches into orbit the Terra platform carrying five Earth observation instruments uh, into space. So again, uh, space was a big thing then, and uh, and now it is uh, it's moving on. Uh, big guys that were born in 1999. Uh, here's one that people will know. Uh, where is it? Cam Akers, American football player, uh, born in 1999. That makes that makes me feel so so old that uh, he's in the NFL now, and and I'm here, and he's. Uh, he was born in 1999. Some some deaths that happened in 1999. Uh, Gene Siskel of Siskel and Ebert, if you remember those those guys. Uh, uh, Jimmy Roberts, an American singer. Uh, Big L, uh, an American rapper of the time. Uh, uh, Andreas Finneger, a French-born American photographer. Uh, Gertrude B. Elion, I just like that uh that name, uh, she passed away, born 1918. Uh, and then uh, Bill Talbert, uh, American tennis player, uh, what did pass away uh, in, uh, in, in 1999. Joe DiMaggio passed away in March of 1999, uh, a big loss for the, for the sports world and for baseball in general, and especially in, um, in, in the, the Yankees organization. Uh, Charles Buddy Rogers uh, passed away on April 21st. And then uh, uh, where are we going with this? DeForest Kelly uh, passed away in June. Uh, DeForest Kelly, an actor uh, way back in the day. John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, passed away in July. That was that uh, infamous plane crash uh, that, uh, that, that claimed his life. Took a long time for us to be able to, uh, to figure that out. Wilt Chamberlain passed away in October 1999, but uh, 1999 had a lot going on, had a lot of things happen, and uh, again, uh, price of gas was cheaper, and I know here lately in the recent months it's had a run for its money, but uh, gas was cheaper, things were cheaper, life was simpler, and technology was at the time high, but now 
would be considered low. But 1999 represents 99 days until it's football time in Tennessee. We're going to stay on track until they tell me not to. 99 days until Tennessee and the Charlotte 49ers hit the gridiron. But we've run out of time right here on the Friday edition. Don't miss top of the hour, Jason Swain and the Swain event and what is sports delivered right here in Blunt County. Uh, four hours on your way uh, of the Swain event. Don't miss it. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you next week. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>